Our scripture text today comes from the Gospel of Mark, verse 1, chapter 1 actually, beginning with the 35th verse. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. And he answered, let us go on to the neighboring town so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. Here ends the reading. These are the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So Mark <clears throat> is a gospel in a hurry. He doesn't bother to even tell you about the birth story. And this is the gospel of immediately and at once. And yet, Mark takes note that there are many times that Jesus finds a quiet place. It is in all the gospels. And Jesus left for a deserted place. And Jesus went off alone to pray. And the Spirit led him into the wilderness. Not once, but many times. It was a habit of his. And maybe for people like Mark, it was a bit annoying. Where did he go? Doesn't he know that everyone's looking for him? But isn't that what happens to us too? We're so busy worrying about things that we lose Jesus. As a community, we embrace the newness of the new year, a new lead pastor, a new class of members, and new ideas that come from them. And in this epiphany season, we are looking at ways to discover and increase our aha moments. Pastor Heather introduced the season preaching about the Magi and their seemingly useless gifts. She reminded us to look closer. Those useless gifts have healing properties. And then we explored the preaching of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., his aha moment included objective learning. He was well-read and well-educated and used his intellect and his intuition to craft a prophetic voice that speaks truth even to this day and age. Ways to describe an epiphany are many. Some describe it as an intuitive grasp of reality, an illuminating discovery. It's a realization, a disclosure, an insight a moment of sudden or great revelation that usually changes you in some way. A magic moment that impacts you and changes you forever. A drastic shift of energy and a change of perspective. A moment of clarity. I like this description. Our soul scratching around our head and giving us a signal to guide our lives. And Maya Angelou describes it this way. When the mind and the body and the heart and the soul focus together and see an old thing in a new way. Intentionally, through this preaching series, we are looking to gather our minds and bodies, hearts and souls to face together and see this old church, this 144-year-old community of faith in a new way. And in every sermon, we take old scriptures and old faith traditions, and attempt to see it in a new way. 
new ways that seek deeper understanding and connection and purpose. Epiphanies and innovation, intuition itself has been studied by neuroscience and brain research. And what they discovered is that intuition, sometimes called that aha moment, comes from bridging the gap between the conscious and the unconscious mind, between instinct and reason. Instinct and intuition have been overshadowed in favor of analytic reasoning. And we now discover that these useless gifts have serious benefits. We don't have to reject the scientific logic and to benefit from instinct or vice versa. We can seek a balance. There are specific conditions in which flashes of insight occur. We can actually encourage epiphany moments. For instance, meditation produces alpha brain waves, and the alpha waves are known to be that bridge between the instinct and acquired knowledge. Studies show that meditation encourages better decision-making. There's visual proof that the regular meditation causes cerebral cortex, that location of higher brain function and memory and concentration and learning, to thicken and grow. Now, the secular world has tapped into spiritual practices such as mindfulness. I got a book this Christmas, and it's called 10-Minute Mindfulness, 71 Simple Habits for Living in the Present. Have you ever tried doing 10 minutes of mindfulness? It can be hard. So this book tells you all, it's a how-to book, tells you all about how to do that. But basically, they glean the truth of mindfulness to improve physical, mental well-being to reduce and slow down symptoms of physical illness, to minimize frequency and intensity of destruction, destructive or negative emotions. So I so love it when modern research catches up with, with ancient wisdom. This new idea was expressed by Simeon who lived between 949 and 1022. Simeon was an abbot of a monastery in Constantinople known as the New theologian. The new theology made no attempt to define God and instead it relied on a direct personal and religious experience. Karen Armstrong writes in her book History of God, Simeon himself had been converted from a worldly life to contemplation by an experience that seemed to come out of the blue. At first he had no idea what was happening. But gradually, he became aware that he was being transformed as, it was absor as he, as it were, absorbed into the light that was God himself. This was not a light as we know it, of course. It was beyond form, image, or representation. It could only be experienced intuitively by prayer. But this was not an experience for the monk or the elite only. The kingdom announced by Christ in the Gospels was a, a union with God that everybody could experience in the here and now and not have to wait until the next life. The kingdom is near. It turns out announcing the kingdom was the purpose of Jesus' life. Reading through the first chapter of Mark, you see Jesus led by the Spirit into the wilderness. That was his first act after baptism. And in the wilderness, he's confronted with temptation and wild beasts and angels. It is in the wilderness that he gets the clarity on his purpose. This wilderness journey is like a vision quest. 
Jesus comes to Galilee saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe in the good news. The good news, in a nutshell, that anyone can experience union with God and not have to wait until the next life. Okay, so there's lots of very practical reasons to give yourself space and time for silence and solitude. Companies are getting smarter about letting employees daydream and nap and even play games to encourage creativity and innovation. But we're talking about something that's so much more. We're talking about being spiritually awake, embracing the mystery of God, which, by the way, is the mission statement of this congregation. But here is what impresses me. So you'll have to forgive me. So not only am I a, a theology geek, but I'm also a science nerd. Science and spirituality have come to the same conclusion. Fritjof Capra, in his book, Systems of View of Life, reminds us that the Latin spiritus means breath, which is also true for the related Latin word anima in the Greek psyche and the Sanskrit atman. The common meaning of these key terms indicates that the original meaning of spirit in the ancient philosophical and religious traditions in the West as well as the East is that of the breath of life. The breath of life is something that all living beings share in common. Spirituality then is a way of being that flows from being present to reality. It just, it's described as a non-ordinary experience of reality during moments of heightened aliveness. Mindfulness is a spiritual practice for mental alertness, which is firmly rooted in the body. Cognitive science is discovering that the spiritual experience is a unity of mind and body. It is experiencing the bridging of the mind and the body, the intellect and the instinct, the self and the world, creating a sense of belonging to the universe as a whole, or another way of putting it is the kingdom of God is at hand, the message of Jesus' teaching. Scientists and spiritual teachers pursue different goals. Science attempts to explain natural phenomena, while spiritual practices and teachers offer to change a person's self and a way of life. And both are led to make statements about the nature of reality that can be compared. Physicists derive knowledge from experiments, mystics from the meditative insights, and they arrive in the same conclusion. One starts from the, from the inner realm and the other from the outer realm. And the harmony of their conclusion confirms ancient wisdom. We are not thrown into a chaos and randomness but are part of a great order, a symphony of life, a network of relationships, a creative process. Well, I can tell you right now that there's not a whole lot of quiet inside this head. Trying to find a place to meditate and pray and concentrate has been a challenge, especially this week. Because I hear that selling a house is high on those lists of stressors. And we put our house on the market at the beginning of sermon prep week. I've been a little distracted, 
with the details of preparing a house and staging a house and keeping the said house in pristine condition. In the midst of school and horse shows and my work and my daughter's 14th birthday today. <laughs> we must have done a good job because it sold in one day. And then the paperwork and the inspections and the closing and not to mention the grief of leaving a place with so many memories. It comes down to the practice of mindfulness, simply directing my attention to the task at hand, feeling the texture of the page as I read, listening to the hum in my head as I grow tired, or reading the wor words from the 10-minute mindfulness that says, on occasion, you may hear a little voice in the back of your mind telling you that there are better, more urgent things to do with your time. And when you find yourself in that position, go to a quiet place, close the door, acknowledge your emotions, breathe, remind yourself, be here now. There is no better place to be. And in that place is the wisdom of God right here. Jesus is waiting for us in this quiet place. And may this worship service, this old 144-year-old church, and this season of epiphany dating back to the first magi searching for God, allow you a quiet place to be here now. Amen.